Hi, welcome to the Little Boxes Podcast. This is the Little Boxes Podcast, Episode 3. The last episode I mentioned that the government likes homeownership. Now, we're going to see how much they love it and how they show that love. You know, there's an old adage, what have you done for me lately? Well, the government has done some things. We talked about deductions in the last episode, but they also have some exemptions for Florida homeowners. Now, this is state-specific. If you're listening from another part of the country, it may not be the same where you are. Some of the numbers I'm going to talk about are even county-specific. But many states have some sort of program similar to this. So it's definitely worth checking into in your area, and a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about will still apply. If you're a homeowner, this is probably something that was mentioned to you by your realtor or your closing attorney when you closed. Homestead exemption. At least hopefully it was. But generally it's mentioned in this flurry of information that's being thrown at you from all directions during the closing or during the buying process, and it's the last thing on your mind is filing some form with some government entity to maybe save a few dollars here or there. You're worried about getting all of your financial information submitted to your lender and making sure everything's signed and worried about scheduling movers and cleaners and all sorts of stuff. And so I totally understand if you kind of recognize the term or maybe you're familiar with it, but you don't necessarily know how it works. And so we're gonna do a deep dive into the topic today. So don't worry if you miss something. If you've never heard of this benefit, This is going to be even more beneficial to you because it's something that you absolutely should know. Before we jump into homestead exemption, I think it's important to explain how property tax works, at least here in Florida. Basically, what you owe is your home's assessed value times the millage rate that is set typically by law. In case you're a normal person, those terms may not mean much to you. The assessed value is the price that is determined by the taxing entity, whether that's the state or the county or the city. It's not necessarily what you bought the house for or what an appraiser would say the house is worth. It's the assessed value based on the governing body's determination. A millage is $1 per $1,000 of value. So the rate that you're taxed is determined by law. There there are votes from time to time, and with most taxes, they don't generally vote to take them down, to reduce them. They generally are voting to increase them for one reason or another. We need more police, we need more firemen, we need better schools, something like that. But they do give you a say. There is at least a vote on it, so that they're not just raising them without any of your input. And there are several different taxing authorities. For instance, my personal property taxes, there are four entities and they all have their own rate. So the city of Jacksonville charges me 11.4 mills, which is basically $11.40 per $1,000 of assessed value. The St. John's River Water Management District, about 24 cents per thousand. Florida Inland Navigation, about three cents per thousand. And Duval County Schools is $6.15 per thousand. So that's a total of about 17.9 
or $17.90 per $1,000 of assessed value. The assessed value doesn't magically just stay the same. It changes based on the market movements, but it's not the market price. They determine the value of the house. They may not have assessed that value recently. And so if you buy it, the assessed value is likely to go up. That's why you can't always use the past homeowner's taxes as an idea of what you'll pay in taxes. They use that to give you a general idea, but you can almost always expect that to increase unless prices have been going down or assessed values have been going down. So let's talk about some ways to save money on these taxes now that we have the basic language set aside. Because the millage rate is set by law, there isn't anything we can do to reduce that rate. The rate is the rate. But we can reduce the assessed value and we can do that in a number of ways. The first way is probably the most obvious way is that we can dispute that value. So the taxing authority says your house is worth $188,000 and you say, well, I don't think that's fair. There's no way it's worth that much. I think it should be worth much less than that. Generally, you're not arguing for them to increase your assessed value on your taxes because that means you pay more taxes. But if you want to dispute it, you can, you can file a form DR486, that's in the state of Florida, DR486. It costs $15 to file that dispute per property. So you can determine whether that makes sense to you. I pay about $17.90 per $1,000 of assessed value. Let's say I got that assessed value reduced down from 188 is the example we gave, down to 187. Well, I'm only saving $17.90 and it cost me $15 to file the form, so really I'm only saving $2.90 a year, it may not be worth the effort, and they may come back and say, we reduce your assessed value by even less than $1,000, and so you save almost nothing. If it's much, much more than that, then yes, it absolutely can make sense. You just kind of want to keep in mind, if they're not far off, then it may not be worth your time to file the dispute. There are also services that will do this for you, but of course they do it for a price. And so you have to factor in their price, you know, which is gonna be higher than $50, $15 into what you could potentially be saving to see if maybe that's worth it or maybe it's not. The number two way that you can save some money is through the main topic of this podcast is homestead exemption. This is a term that gets thrown around. You've probably heard about it. It's the most popular way of doing this. And it's definitely something that you should look into. The way it works here in Florida is that the first $25,000 of your assessed value is exempt if the house is your primary residence. So that's important. It has to be your primary residence. Just because it is your primary residence doesn't mean that you automatically get this exemption. You have to file for it. But if you file for it and you qualify for it, the first $25,000 of your home's assessed value is not taxed. If your house is worth $75,000 or more, the third $25,000 of assessed value is also exempt from taxes. So basically, if you have a $75,000 house, you're only paying property taxes on the middle $25,000 of value. Now, the second exemption, that second set of $25,000 is only exempt from everything but schools. So it is not exempt from schools. I mentioned I have, there's four entities that I'm taxed by. One of them is schools, the other three are not. So the first $25,000 is exempt from everything. The third $25,000 is, 
is exempt from everything except schools, which is important. We need to be able to fund our schools, and so they only give you a limited exemption for that. There was a vote in 2018, in November of 2018, on the ballot to add another exemption for the fifth $25,000. So basically, the first, third, and it would have been the fifth $25,000 would have been exempt, but that was not accepted. That was voted down on the ballot. Would have been great. It would have been great to have another $25,000 of exempt value, but the Florida taxpayers and the Florida voters said no. In addition to those exemptions that we just talked about, the total of $50,000 exemption from most things, there's also something called the Save Our Homes benefit. So we mentioned before the government loves stable home ownership. And so in order to show that, they have capped the amount your assessed value can increase in a given year to 3%. So let's say you live in a fairly rural area and your home's assessed value is relatively low. Land prices are low, home prices are relatively low. Well, if that area starts being developed, like what we've seen in St. John's County in Florida and on the north side of Jacksonville, these areas that were previously sparsely populated, not all that developed, and had relatively low home prices. Now they're being developed and they're putting in half million dollar, three quarter million dollar houses in some cases in these areas. And so that's going to naturally increase the value of your property, which is great, except when it comes to paying taxes. So if that does happen, if you do live in an area that has seen some tremendous growth and home values are increasing wildly, the Save Our Homes benefit caps your increase every year to 3%. That's a big deal, especially if home prices are increasing by as much as 12 and 15% a year, you're seeing a significant savings on your taxes. Now, I mentioned that you have to be eligible for these things and apply to get them, but you also want to be careful and make sure that you are actually eligible. Make sure this is actually your primary residence. The Duval County does not mess around with this stuff. I'm sure some of the other counties have been cracking down. But between 2008 and 2014, Duval County has put over 1,500 liens on properties for a total of $7.1 million for people claiming this exemption and then the county finding out they weren't actually eligible. And now that there's a big lien, some of them are you know tens of thousands of dollars of liens on these houses because they were erroneously filing and getting this benefit only to find out they didn't actually deserve it. The third way to save money on your taxes is through homestead portability. Portability is moving that Save Our Homes benefit, that cap of 3% per year increase, from one primary residence to the next primary residence within the state of Florida. Let's say you only own one house and you have homestead exemption and you move to a second Florida home, you sell the first one, buy the second one, and you apply for homestead exemption at that home, you can also apply, it's a separate process, you can also apply to move your Save Our Homes benefit from the first house to the second house. So what does this actually look like? Because portability, and these words are, are crazy unless you're in the industry, that's why this podcast exists. So portability is basically just moving the benefit from one to the other. And what you move is the just market value of your first house versus the assessed value of your first house. So what your assessed value would have been if it weren't for the Save Our Homes benefit 
versus what it is because of the Save Our Homes benefit. And the difference there is the amount you can move. But it's only in dollars if you're moving to a more expensive house or an equal value house. So let's say over the years you have accrued $20,000 of savings, of, of Save Our Homes benefits, and you sell the first house, move to the second house, it's worth more. You can take $20,000 of that second home's assessed value and just remove it as if it never existed. And then all of these exemptions apply to that new number. So this is a big thing. If you've owned a home for a while or you've owned a home in an area that's developed really quickly and you've accrued a significant benefit there, it's automatically in place when you apply for homestead exemption on the first house. But to get it to move to the second house, it's a separate process. You have to apply through a form DR501T, as in taxes. Some of this stuff is complicated. There are guidelines online. We also wrote a blog about all of this stuff. So if you get lost a little bit, just know homestead exemption is important. Portability is a big benefit or could be a big benefit to you. And you have to apply for them separately. You have to have already filed for homestead exemption on the second house before you can move that benefit. If you buy a house that's cheaper than the first house, then it's the percentage you saved. So let's say, again, you save $20,000 of total value. For easy math purposes, we're going to make this round number. So let's say the house was the just market value. What it would have been assessed at was $100,000. But the Save Our Homes benefit saved you $20,000. And so what you were actually assessed at was $80,000. There's a $20,000 difference there. It's also a 20% difference. So if your next house is worth less than your first house, you can move that percentage, that 20% over to the next house and reduce your assessed value on the second house by that amount. All right, that's it for the super complicated doing math in public portion. The fourth benefit is really easy. It's the disabled veterans exemption. If you're a disabled veteran and you have a 10% or more service-connected disability, then you can add $5,000 additional exemption onto the homestead exemption. So this is basically just an add-on to number two, homestead exemption. The first and third $25,000 of your home is exempt through homestead exemption. If you're a disabled veteran, add another $5,000 onto that. And so you can have a total of $55,000 of exempt value. That's basically, that's the nuts and bolts of property taxes, kind of how they work and ways to save some money on your property taxes. If you're looking for more information on any of these, we have individual blogs written about homestead exemption, homestead exemption portability, and in those we also have details on how to apply for all of those things. That's at our blog at jacksonvillehomes365.com. Up to this point on the podcast, we've covered topics of why you should own instead of renting, and this topic was if you own, ways to help you. The next one's going to be about how to buy. How do you become a homeowner and how not to buy is probably more important than that. So we're going to go over some common mistakes that buyers make, ways that you should and shouldn't be searching for a home. And of course, those are going to include employing a realtor. Thank you for listening. This has been the Little Boxes Podcast.